All right, let's turn to Revelation chapter 15. Revelation chapter 15. The title of this teaching is God is Unique. And isn't that what scripture continues to remind us? That God is unique. He's different. He's different because as we sang earlier, he's holy. This is my last sermon in the message series 15. Here's the cool thing about it, guys. Guess what part it is? Part 15, huh? How about that? I planned it all along just like that. Well, someone asks, why are we going from 1 Corinthians to Revelation? Well, there's no chapter 15 between 1 Corinthians and Revelation. But I'm excited what God has to share with us today. You know, a great song kind of summarizes a whole group of people. So we as Americans, there's the Star Spangled Banner. When I say in the song, Oh Danny Boy, who do you think of? The Irish, right. Now this one might be a little bit harder. The song Sweet Caroline, what group of people does it talk about? Well, he sang it, but no, I'm talking about a group, gr- baseball fans, baseball fans. Y'all know what that means? The Boston Red Sox and their 2004 run started singing or playing Sweet Caroline and that's been a thing. Now there's a song that you may have heard here in Tennessee called Rocky Top. Does anyone know that song? All right, all right. Just want to see you uh, college football worshipers if you are still with us today. The, that song, yeah, because I don't care about college football at all, right? Yeah, my daughter is calling me out over there. So a song can kind of summarize a people. And this song gives us an identity and gives us kind of a cohesiveness. In fact, there's a fancy term called social cohesion, and music is, a, is one of our social cohesions that we have. And so we're going to see in Revelation 15, there's a song, and there's a song that God's people have been singing for a long time, and it's a song that God's people will sing in the future. And it tells us a lot about who our God is and who we are. In Revelation 15, when we read this, where is this song being sung? It's being sung in heaven. And so we know that they're singing in heaven, and we know that there's a song in heaven. And Revelation, you know, most of Revelation is a guess from chapter 4 to chapter 19. Everyone's just guessing what's happening. But there are characteristics about God that are crystal clear. And this passage in Revelation 15 is talking about heaven, but it's referring to a song God's people have had for a long time. So let's go to Revelation chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. They sang the song of God's servant Moses and the song of the Lamb. Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? For you are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the people in heaven are singing a song, but it's a familiar song for God's people. 
It's the song of Moses. It's the song of deliverance. You may have heard the term Exodus. What is Exodus? It's the, when God's people left 400 years of captivity in Egypt and went to a different place, a place of promise, a place of prosperity, a place of safety. They had to go through the desert to get there. But it was so unlikely that they would ever be able to overthrow or escape the most powerful uh, maybe world, um, society known in the world at that time and one of the most powerful societies that have ever existed in Egypt. And how could this oppressed people be freed? Only God. God led them. God led them on dry ground through the Red Sea to be free. And this is a story of our story too. It's a story of scripture. God's people, we have an Exodus story. We are freed from sin. We are freed from sin into freedom. We are freed from oppression to opulence. We are free from struggle into abundance because of what Jesus did for us. So this particular song of Moses traditionally was sung in the synagogues on the night before Sabbath because they didn't want the people to forget where they had come from. They didn't want the people to forget that they had once been enslaved in Egypt and now they are free. Guys, this is why we sing about Jesus every week. This is why we come to the Lord's table every week because we center our faith upon Jesus. We center our faith upon the gospel, the story, the reality. It's not, it's not, just, it's not a story, it's a reality of Jesus crucified on the cross and raised again. As God's people, as God's people, we have been freed from bondage and we are in and moving into the promised land more and more. So when we look into Revelation, just as God's people were on the other side of the sea and they were finally free and they burst out in this amazing song to God. So the people in Revelation 15 are finally freed from sin and evil and darkness and this joy comes out within them. And here we are in the year 2023. We are a generation in between Moses and in between Revelation 15 but we still have the song. I think that in the midst of all the chaos that's revealed through the book of Revelation and all the things we don't understand, and Revelation can just feel really scary. There's different ways to interpret Revelation, but it's all a little dark and foreboding. And throughout the book, there are these bursts of praise and these, this burst of honor as if to say, that even though things are difficult and even though things are tough, that there's always gonna be a song in God's people. Something's gonna flow from within us. We're gonna get to the other side. We're not gonna drown in the sea. Uh, even if we don't know how we're gonna get across the sea, God's gonna part the sea. We're gonna go through on dry land. We're gonna get to the other side. This is not only circumstantial, but this is us as a people. We're gonna get into that place where God is in charge and there's no longer evil. So after moral depravity, after 
terrorist, after civil unrest, after lawlessness, after pandemic, after racial tension, after mass shootings, after inflation, after jihad, after kidnapping, after even a world war, we will have a song. And we will sing a song that will burst out of who we are because we are like the people Moses led across the Red Sea and we are part of the people in Revelation 15. And there is a song within us. It's the song of Moses and it's the song of the Lamb. There's something that bonds us. Just as I talked about different groups who were bonded by things like Sweet Caroline and, and, and things like Rocky Top. And we're bonded by this song, the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. And it's not because of the melody. It's because of the content. It's about who the song sings about and it makes us, it makes us his people and it places us under him. So here are some characteristics of the song. Here's something we can learn from the song. Here's the first thing. God's work are, works are great and awe-inspiring. God's works are great and awe-inspiring. This is why we study scripture and this is why we live out scripture. Because we keep discovering how great God is. We discover it through the text as we dig into the word and get new revelation. And then we discover it on Tuesday morning and on Thursday afternoon in different seasons of our life as we live out our faith. Revelation 15.3, here's the song. Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God the Almighty. This is... This is a position of praise. We keep looking at God and we are inspired by his works. It takes a soft heart and eyes of faith sometimes to see God in the middle of the stuff that I just described. But we keep looking for the goodness of God. We keep looking for the greatness of God. And God has given us capacity to see him. We are different from any other creation. We have capacity to have a transcendent experience with God. We feel his presence. We know his presence. We encounter him and we think about him. Before you begin to think, well, okay, I've not had this ever amazing experience with God. Have you thought about God before? Because if you've thought about God before, that means that you are a creation different and unique. The philosophical book, Ecclesiastes, you gotta be in quite a mood to read Ecclesiastes. So it's helpful and good. It's been very helpful to me, but there's some great ancient insight there. Ecclesiastes three verse, chapter three, verse 11 says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Now look at this phrase. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. This is what I'm talking about, why the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb says, great and awe-inspiring are your deeds, O God. There's something within us. We have this capacity to want to know, is there a God and who is the God and how do we know that God and even we question or we have emotions towards this God, this all occurs because he's put eternity in our hearts. We are not just rational animals. We are not just those who just live for the lifespan we know. No, 
No, we are smart because he's put eternity in our lives. Now think about this. We dream. That makes us different. We imagine. We contemplate. We philosophize. Human beings, we have theories about the future. Why? Because we have eternity in our hearts. We're not just living life and just eating and loving and dying and fighting some wars in between like the rest of the animal kingdom. No, we have eternity in our hearts. We think, we philosophize, we dream. We debate the future. We debate the existence of God even. This is a reflection of how great he has made us and how great he is. So we'll have a beautiful afternoon today. And I mean, I've given 15 years of my life on this property here and there's no prettier place in the world. I wish those big power lines were underground, but hey, we, I do like electricity also. <laughs> but I've, I've never seen greater sunsets than right here on this property. Uh, the, the weather says 68 to 70 at 1 o'clock today, 2 o'clock today. Uh, you're going to feel 13-mile-per-hour 13 13 wind. God is great and greatly to be praised. And we'll look beyond ourselves to the relationships that are around us and the God who's revealing himself in the very sky. This is the opportunity that we have. Psalm chapter 8, verse 3 and 4 says it this way. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is human beings that you remember him? A son of man that you look after him. Great and awe-inspiring are his deeds. This is the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Thousands of years ago, people were singing how great and awe-inspiring God is. And we are doing the same today. And if Jesus doesn't return in the next 5,000 years, 5,000 years from now, people will be saying great and awe-inspiring are his deeds. This is the song of Revelation 15 that we sing now and we will sing in heaven. In this song, here's my second observation. It tells us God is just and true. Look at verse three, the second part. Just and true are your ways, king of the nations. Isn't that the type of God we want? Not like the gods that are made up, the God of thunder, the God of harvest, the God of moon. No, these are the, the gods man has made up are temporal, are seasonal, are regional. Our God is great and mighty and he is just and true. When you walk with scripture, when you come to the table of the Lord, when you feel the Holy Spirit, when you're in the community, you just feel a truthfulness. You feel like this is right, this is good, this is aligned. This, 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 is, this is aligned with those questions in my heart and soul and mind, eternities in my heart. God is just and true. And it's hard sometimes. It's hard, it's hard sometimes to believe that when we look at the wickedness in this world. And there's so much wickedness in this world. 
I've trained myself to be a positive person and I want to give a hopeful, positive narrative because there's hope in Jesus. But as I was reflecting this week about the reset of 2020 and the thought, could the world be better? Could the world change? And now here, three years later, we have uh, the worst European war we've had in 70 years. Uh, We've just quit counting how many people are dying in the Russian-Ukraine area. And then now we're, we're... on the verge of possible world war. I I don't know if it's gonna happen. I'm not trying to scare you because we got the song of the Lord through that, but I'm just saying it is tragic that wickedness is stirring, is stirring the evil that is killing and and that is causing all the things you know about. So here it is that we have a God who's just and true. And it's when the complexities of life weigh on you that it takes faith. It takes eyes of faith to see the goodness of God in the land of wickedness. But that's what faith is. And that's why we're here this morning, right? That's why we're here. We're here to see the goodness of God. We're here to see the greatness of God. And, and when we walk with the Lord, even when things are, feel like too much, we know his character and we say, God, even though this feels like too much, I trust who you are. And I trust that there'll be a better outcome. And I'll trust that you have a plan for the world. Isaiah chapter 55, verse six and nine says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. I love verse seven, let the wicked one abandon his ways and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Why, why should the wicked one return to the Lord? So the Lord can zap him, so the Lord can judge him, so the Lord can be punitive. That's not what this scripture says. Let the wicked return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will freely, not costly, not conditionally, he will freely forgive. Now, Part of me, I read this scripture and I'm like, I like this scripture for me, right? I, I, I want this scripture for me. I want God to freely forgive me. I want the Lord to have compassion for me. I want the Lord to you know, turn himself to me when I'm ready. It's kind of like when I'm ready to turn to God, he's gonna forgive me. I like that narrative. But what about the narrative that God forgives wicked people on their deathbed? And at their last breath, because sometimes I want God to get people I don't like, if I'm just being honest. But this is what the Lord says. I set all of this up now to go to the next verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as high For as heaven is higher than the earth, and we're learning more and more about that all the time as we explore space, aren't we? It's higher than we ever thought, higher than Isaiah thought and higher than we can conceive. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is in the context of forgiveness and compassion. Isn't it amazing that God will forgive and have compassion on people we don't have the capacity to do so? Why? Because he says, my ways are not your ways. You know, I've always used this scripture and I think it does apply of like the complexities of stuff that I don't understand. 
but I see this also in that his love and compassion are deeper than we can understand. So we're on this journey. We're on this journey to see that God is just and God is true. You know, I've got to throw a Dallas Willard quote about every quarter in. Here's another good one. God's way of moving towards the future is with gentle persistence and unfailing purpose to bring about the transformation of the human heart. Now look at this by speaking with human beings and living with and in them. He finds an Abraham, a Moses, a Paul, a you. He finds you and he has found you with compassion. As we went to the table earlier today, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about all of you sinners getting in line to take communion. And you know what, what I think God felt? I think God felt happy. We're not putting barriers. We're giving opportunities. Come to the table. Come find forgiveness. Come find connection. Come find renewal. Come find refreshing that comes from repentance. Come let your thoughts be higher. Let your thoughts go up to the ways and the things of God. Here's a third observation. God's name evokes respect and glory. God's name evokes respect and glory. I thought about that verb. What verb am I going to use here? I use demands. And yeah, that's true. I, I tried out some other. But it evokes. Like, I think that there's this thing, something within every human being that someday they're going to give respect and glory to God, not because it's compulsory, not because they're, they're trying to earn their way to heaven, not, not because they're made to, it's because his power is so incredible, they have to, it, it evokes, it like erupts out of them. That's the power of God's name. Revelation chapter 15, four, we're back in the song again. This is what Moses, the, the song of Moses and the song of Revelation 15. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? In other words, God, you're so incredible. Who's not going to give you respect? Who's not going to give you glory? This is true. This is a unique characteristic of who our God is. Our God has revealed himself through, through scripture, through the Jewish people, through through the gift of the gospel to the nations, to the Gentiles. Jesus was asked this question in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 30. One of the scribes approached, and when he had heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked them, this is a great question, which command is the most important of all? And what command is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now I want you to see this. God is not divided. God, there's not different paths to God. There is a God. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name's Yahweh. His name in the English derivative is Jehovah. He has a personality. He has a revelation. He is one. We respect one God. We don't respect a force. We respect a name because that name is attached to a personality and that personality has revealed himself 
to humanity. And so when Jesus said, when Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, that's all what our faith is built around, the unity of God. And then he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The next thing, observation is this, God's nature is holy. God's nature is holy. Going back to the song, verse four, Lord, who will not fear your name and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. You alone are holy. See if that's in verse four there. You alone are holy. He set apart. God is unique from every other, other God that's been mentioned in this earth over any time. Holiness is the preeminent quality that makes God unique. I remember back in, I guess we call it the aughts, around 2009, maybe a little bit before that, there was a lady, a Scottish singer, on a show called Britain Has Talent, named Susan Boyles. Y'all remember her, okay? All you under 40 don't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. And she didn't have the persona of a star. Uh, you wouldn't think she was a star until she opened her mouth. And when she sang the song from Les Mis, I Dreamed a Dream, it kind of went like this. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but Susan Boyle sang this song. And Simon Cowell's facial expression changed and it became a TV moment. And everyone you, you, you got to hear this lady sing. You got to hear her sing. She, she can sing. You got to hear her sing. Because once you hear her sing, it's undeniable. It doesn't matter what she looks like. It doesn't matter what age she is. It doesn't matter if she doesn't have the persona of a star. You got to hear her sing. And when you hear her sing, you know she's a great singer. Remember in 2008 and 12 and 16, but let's go back to eight, when Usain Bolt ran for Jamaica in the Olympics. It, it took only 10 seconds or less to see he's the greatest sprinter of all time. Amazing. Like you're just on the TV. It's like, you see that? Call everyone in the house in. Rewind on the DVR if it existed back then. I'm not sure if it did or not, but <laughs> rewind on the DVR. Watch this guy sprint. Like, okay, I don't look like Usain Bolt. Okay, I know that. The side profile is not working as Usain Bolt here. It's undeniable. We've never seen anyone with his stride and speed and smoothness. And he gave up. He gave up the last three steps and still broke the world record. It's undeniable. You just know that you've never seen anyone quite like them. But guys, I'm not here to glorify Susan Boyles or Usain Bolt. I'm here to glorify the God who made them. And here's my point today. God's uniqueness will be recognized by all. That's, that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be like, all you sinners, you're going to have to bow to God because we win in the end kind of thing. It's like, no. It's like, I can't believe I'm hearing her sing. I can't believe I'm seeing him run. I think the world's going to say, oh, I, it's, I can see our God is great. He's all inspiring. He's holy. There's no one like him. I, this irresistible. This is the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. It's what the people fell on the other side of the Red Sea and it's what 
God's people will see when we enter into heaven and we get through this troubled world, this world that has goodness and wickedness in it, and we'll see the song. Revelation 15, 4 says this, more of verse 4. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. That's why we keep pointing out God. We keep focusing on his attributes. We're amazed at his qualities because the world will not be able to ignore God's qualities because they're otherworldly. They're divine and holy. In the book of Philippians, Paul was writing about the humility of Jesus. And he shared lyrics to another song. We don't know the melody, but it's a song that the people, the first church sang. And here were the lyrics. Because of the humility of Jesus, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. For this reason, God highly exalted him, Jesus, and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Guys, it's not about us just winning in the end. It's not about us forcing people to worship our God. It's not about manipulation. It's about his character, his holiness, his greatness, his track record, his, his attributes that will be known. And when they are known, the name of Jesus has more power and authority than any other name that is known in heaven or on earth or below the earth. And at the name of Jesus, the nations will come. The nations will recognize his greatness and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. You know why? Because he is Lord. Amen. Let's thank God for that. Hey, would you stand with me if you're able to? Here's the gospel application today. God is unique. He is the only one qualified to forgive your sins and the sins of the world. Why? Because the gospel, the good news is he lived a sinless life that he took the sins of the world upon him, including my sin. And he was executed on the cross, but that wasn't the end. His resurrection conquered death, conquered Hades, conquered the grave, and we no longer have to live in bondage anymore. We're no longer in spiritual Egypt. We have been, ex we've been part of the exodus. We have escaped. We've escaped the corruption of this world. We've escaped the corruption of our sinful nature. We've escaped because the Holy Spirit, the message of Jesus, the power of the gospel has taken us out of darkness, has taken us out of slavery, has taken us out of oppression. He's created miracles. He he, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, is making a way before you where there is no way. He's parting the waters before you. He's parting the mystery before you. And he's saying, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on the cloud by day and the fire by night. That's, that now is to us, that is the cross of Jesus Christ. That is the power of the resurrection. We're following Jesus. We're following Jesus. And though the world around us, there is signs of evil and signs of wickedness. That 
That's not the narrative that we're gonna live in. That is not the narrative that we're gonna bow to. We're not gonna bow to all the negativity. We're not gonna bow to all of the, the predictions. We're not gonna bow to all of the naysayers. We're gonna bow to the name of Jesus. We're gonna bow to the authority of Jesus. And we know that because of the goodness of God, the goodness of God, his ways are all inspiring. His ways are great. His ways are holy. And I wanna tell you that this service today hasn't just been a custom we kept on Sunday morning, though it's a good custom. This has been a gathering of God's people, people of light, people of goodness, people of knowledge of that which is holy and true. I know you're not perfect. I know you made mistakes last week. You might've made mistakes last night. You might've made mistakes on your drive here today, but your mistakes are not what define you. It's Jesus and his forgiveness. It's Jesus and his truth. It's Jesus and his delivering power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit within you. We are God's people because he has chosen us. He has empowered us. He has filled us with his Holy Spirit. And the one who's greater, with the one within us is greater than the one within the world, is greater than violence, greater than the threat of war, the greater than the threat of economic depression. Listen, our God is greater and he has a covenant people that you're part of. He is watching over you. He is leading you. He is, he is going before you and he is parting the waters so that you can move through an impossible. I thank you for the song of the lamb, Lord, that we heard it on the other side of the shores of the Red Sea. And Lord, we're gonna sing it someday in heaven. But Lord, we sing it now. Great is your, your word. Great is your name. Great is your power, Lord. And we receive that and we believe that and we thank you for it.